Welcome to the Word on Wednesday podcast for January 12. My name is John Mason. It's great to have you with us. In this transition from one year to the next, we're looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, one of the wisdom books of the Bible. The wisdom books stand apart from the main narrative of the Bible, asking questions about our experiences of life. So the book of Job asks us how do we make sense of suffering, especially the suffering of the seemingly innocent. The book Song of Songs explores God's gift of the joys of love and sex. And the book of Proverbs provides a framework for street-smart and successful godly living. The book of Ecclesiastes asks, what's the purpose of life? Having touched on Ecclesiastes chapters 1 and 3, let's hear from chapter 12. Ecclesiastes 12 Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low, and one rises up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low, they are afraid also of what is high, and the terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets, before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly affixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, with every secret thing, whether good or evil. In the concluding chapters of Ecclesiastes, we can identify two themes. What's the point? And what's the answer? What do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun is a question that bubbles through Ecclesiastes. We work hard, we put in long hours, and give up things we'd prefer to be doing. What's the value of it all? The phrase under the sun is used 27 times in the book. It's asking, what is life all about if God doesn't reveal himself? 
The writer isn't asking this question as an atheist. He believes God exists. He's asking, what do we make of life if we don't have a special word from God? And there's another layer to life's conundrum. The race is not to the swift, or the battle to the strong. Nor does food come to the wise or wealth to the brilliant, or favour to the learned. But time and chance happen to them all, we read in chapter 9 and verse 11. Life doesn't always reward the swift or the strong, the wise or the brilliant. So much as a matter of timing or chance. If you're the wrong age when the position of CEO arises, no matter how successful, how smart or wise you are, you'll be passed over. What's the gain? In chapter 11, the teacher exhorts us to try to be positive about life. If time and chance rule, there's nothing we can do. So, if farmers watch the wind, they'll never sow seed. Take a chance. Give it a go. Life is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun, the writer continues. Even those who live many years should rejoice in them all. It's good to see the sun, especially after long, wintry days. Enjoy life if you can. But as verse 8 of chapter 11 says, Remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Everything is meaningless. When you're dead, you're dead. So rejoice, young man, young woman, while you are young, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Follow the inclination of your heart, we read in chapter 11 and verse 9. Enjoy your youth while you can. You've got energy and an ability to learn quickly. So run, swim, learn, pump iron. Enjoy being young and strong, but realize there's a sobering conclusion. Know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 7 are a poem. Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come, and the years draw near, when you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return with the rain. A picture of old age emerges here. Our world is afraid of ageing, of course. Indeed, there's a vast industry devoted to anti-ageing, creams and Botox, diet and exercise programs. Ecclesiastes is telling us, life can be fun, enjoy it while you can but it won't last. If you try to hold on to it, you'll find it's like sand. It slips through the fingers and is gone. So what's the point? It's meaningless. Is there an answer then? In chapter 12, verses 9 following, we read, Besides being wise, the teacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs. The teacher sought to find pleasing words, and he wrote words of truth plainly. The sayings of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings that are given by the one shepherd. 
Ecclesiastes is composed of the collected sayings given by one shepherd, an Old Testament way of referring to God. It speaks of its sayings as goads, pointed sticks, challenging us to consider the meaning of life. It likens the words of the wise to firmly embedded nails, something to anchor us. And in verse 13 we read, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for that is the whole duty of everyone. At the very end of the book, we have the first reference that is telling us God has spoken. It's the first time the teacher has said that we don't just live under the sun, for we have a word from God. God has given us commandments to live out. We're not in the dark. The book of Proverbs says, The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Ecclesiastes gives us the flip side. To ignore God and His Word is ultimate foolishness. Honouring and serving God gives us meaning. Ecclesiastes concludes, not just with a reference to the Creator God who has revealed His good purposes for us in His commandments, but also as judge. God will bring every deed into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. We live in a moral universe, a key that makes sense of our lives. The New Testament gives us a clearer picture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 we read, All of us must appear before the judgment seat of God to receive His just judgment for things done in the body, whether good or bad. Do you believe these things will come to pass? Prophecies that spoke of the coming of the Lord Jesus, His life, death and resurrection, all came true. In the same way the words of Ecclesiastes and of Jesus himself about the coming judgment will also come true. Such judgment makes sense of our existence. Are you and your family and friends prepared? So let me pray. Lord Christ, eternal word and light of the Father's glory, send your light and your truth, so that we may both know and proclaim your word of life to the glory of God the Father. For you now live and reign, God for all eternity. Amen. What is our hope in life and death? Christ alone. Christ alone, what is our only confidence? That our souls to Him belong, who holds our days within His hand. What comes apart from His command, and what will keep us to the end? The love of Christ in which we stand.
Prayer for this week. Almighty and everlasting God, ruler of all things in heaven and on earth, hear with mercy the prayers and petitions of your people, and so grant us your peace all the days of our life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for peace. God of the nations, whose kingdom rules over all, Have mercy on our broken and divided world. Shed abroad your peace in the hearts of all men and women and banish from them the spirit that makes for war so that all races and people may learn to live as members of one family and in obedience to your laws. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A prayer for those in need. Almighty Father, We commend to your goodness all who are in any way afflicted or distressed, especially those who are known to us. May it please you to comfort and relieve them according to their needs, giving them patience in their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. 
All this we ask for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all evermore. Amen. People involved in today's podcast are John Mason, speaker and writer, and April Marks, a member of Christchurch San Francisco. Prayers are from an Australian prayer book, 1978. The opening and concluding music is from St Andrew's Cathedral, Sydney. The song, Christ Our Hope in Life and Death, with Keith and Kristen Getty and Matt Papa, is used with the kind permission of Getty Music. Please let us know if you have a question or a comment about this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you.